Good day, good evening, good night, and welcome to another episode. It's our 171st episode. I checked the numbers. You're actually <laughs> correct. And in doing so, I realized that the video that I did not release it on YouTube, though we recorded for YouTube, it was stuck in private. So I'm sorry to all the YouTube fans who check it out on YouTube. It's there now. So if you only listen to us on YouTube, you'll get two extra helpings off the podcast in recent days. But it's been on Podbean and iTunes or wherever else steals our podcast and put it on their platform. It's there and working fine, just the same. But anyway, welcome to another exciting episode. And it's sunny here in New York City, so I'm excited about that. No winter blues or spring blues. <laughs> and we're lost an hour. But time is against us because Janina got mommy duties this afternoon. So before I go any further, <laughs> let me introduce my co-hostesses with the Mosesses. We have Andreen from Soli Tennis Travel. Hello. And how are you? You just came back from a trip, right? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and yes, folks, we are wearing masks. You do detect a slight cough in Andre. <laughs> so if you hear that, <laughs> I would suggest you get your mask ready. She is very contagious. <laughs> No, actually, as a, as a matter of fact, my doctor says you are no longer contagious. I'm one of those delightful people who apparently had the flu while I was traveling. So that's good news for everyone. You had regular <laughs> flu. You had regular flu. <laughs> I had flu. regular flu okay. while I was traveling and came home to a fabulous bronchial infection. <laughs> okay. Which is the tail end of the flu. So the doctor's like, so, yes, you've passed through the flu stages. And so now you have a a chest infection. What a a bad luck that you didn't realize you had the flu. But it's only when the the vestiges is going away. Then you realize. I know. (laughs) Shitty, right? That should be how every experience of anything bad happens. The vestiges of it are over. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, um, so yeah. is your doctor like the one who informs Trump? Because if it is, I wouldn't trust what he's saying. I hope not. Oh, listen, I don't even trust anything. I'm like getting my own sources of information besides what the tests say. Okay, okay. <laughs> are we sure the test was real? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Those are not available, so I know. So, and we have Janina from Foreign Ohio. And for once, Janina, Ohio is not in the news. And I don't know whether I need to be scared or whether I should really be. I need to be full on panic. Probably panicked. (laughs) It's too quiet there. It's too quiet. Way too quiet. Exactly. When shit goes south in Jersey, Florida, Ohio, it's time to head for the hills, folks. It is serious. Mm -hmm. It is serious. Okay. It's coming. Don't you worry. Those three states are like the bell. They're really the bellwether fuckery in the United States of America. It's, <laughs> I, I don't say this. This is what the history has shown. So <laughs> you could be mad if you're from those places, but it is what it is. And there is reels from New York City. I mean, well, I'm here in New York City and the Homosexual Podcast. Well, you know, for once, ladies, tennis isn't so big. 
Even wow, though it's for, very I, small. I, have I to say, know. Tennis feels very small in the span of everything that's happened. And it always is. But every now and then, <laughs> you get reminded of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? You know what I think that is? It's because Federer is on sick leave again. So oh, once Federer goes, it's just like, is tennis even relevant? Should well, we even have tournament? <laughs> Should we not just cancel the whole shit? I mean, the men's tournament for certain. The women's certain tournaments are going along just fine. <laughs> they are. Is it? <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, okay. They are. Tell me, tell me how much women's tennis you watched this week, Andre. I watched a lot of highlights. I will say. I have. I've been catching up on highlights. No, I mean, I was like, you know, listen, I see all the tournaments that happened, the little side ones before Indian Wells. But let's be honest. I'll be real. I'll be real tea about it. This is when I wait for it. I'm like, Indian Wells gets a lot of tennis coverage and I get to see all the matches that I want to see. And so I usually get pumped for Indian Wells. Um, But yeah, I guess people have been playing other tournaments. How dare they? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so ladies this is what andre is really trying to tell you you just you should fly from melbourne and just wait out for indian wells no, Do but then how how will we get to celebrate heather watson winning tournaments come on now this is fantastic well you wait J- janina did you see that switch right you see that? <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you saw that switch, right? It Trying was to make us look. As fuck is what it was. It was good though, right? It was a you... real good, pleasant treat. <laughs> but you're trying to make us look like the bad people. You first of all said these little side tournaments, meaning that you're dismissing all this shit. Then you're like, oh well, Heather Watson won, so yeah, we can't be dismissing them completely. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was really good for her though. I mean, I have to say that. I mean, like she has been that was a good in... set of wins for her, I think. And I think she went to Monterey and had a fairly decent tournament. I mean, she didn't get, she lost, I think, her second match. But, you know, at least she got that money, she got that trophy, and she got relevant again. And that is always helpful. Well, you know, I saw that she was considering retiring. And now, like, she's like, she's bumped up, bumped herself up like half, 50 points or so, like 50 slots, like, I think, in terms of her ranking points. So that's wonderful. You know, this is what it is one deep winch. And all is good again. It's like, it's like whole life around. Dice. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, it doesn't look hap- too much like the lottery, but. <laughs> this happens in a lot of sports because the other day I was watching a biathlon and one French woman, of course it's a French woman, she came like 70 something in the sprint and mm-hmm. she was just like, fuck this, I'm going to retire. The next tournament, the next event, she won. So she was just like, <laughs> Hey! Like, I'm gonna play forever. <laughs> I'm gonna keep on keeping on. You know what I mean? Look, win is a big motivational factor. It doesn't matter, you know. This shit, people coming out, getting up in the morning, you know, and you know, just competing and living and seeing my friends. Fuck that shit. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be a loser. You know, winning covers a multitude of all sins. That has been a motto on this show, and I have yet to see evidence to the contrary. No, it's fantastic for her. I think. I don't, listen, I, 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 I'm not mad at all of these little things that happen. So Heather is winning, and but you know Felix is getting to finals and losing. And I thought for sure Felix, boo, you got your pigeon in the final. That's like that. That just shows you. Yeah, actually, yeah, Heather jumped up 20 spots. Yeah, so she's now I, ranked to 49. Oof, look so at that. she. I mean, look at that, right? Look at God. She is it just automatically oh, in 
that's <laughs> automatically in, in Paris if there is a tournament and Wimbledon <laughs> if there is a tournament. That's automatic entry because there's no way she could lose another 50 points because she ain't defending shit. For I the know rest of the damn year. thing. Time to add, add, add. Look at that. <laughs> she ain't got to defend nothing but her purse. That's <laughs> it. Keep on. Well, that's wonderful. But yeah, Felix got to another finals and, you know, he didn't show up. And I mean, this is, but yeah. I guess it doesn't take long for winning to be a motivational factor for Stefano because he wasn't winning shit for the year. And then all of a sudden, he showed up in, where was it? Is it somewhere in. In in um France was it mm-hmm. France? Yeah, he showed up in France and he snatched that title. So hey, so now I he's feeling himself <laughs> and all over social media. Unfortunately, God, <laughs> saying the dumbest shit, the dumbest <laughs> shit. Um, well, listen, that just lets you know who he is. You know, he's like, hello, I. I, I felt myself today, and then I decided to speak about it. And what did I feel? <sighs> that bodily fluids are a thing to talk about. Yeah, oh Marseille. Yeah, Marseille. He won Marseille. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good for him. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised one of the French boys didn't take it. Usually, but, right? Usually, that's a pretty reliable tournament. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know what's going on. Gasquet, Benoit. <laughs> I, I am putting, I am putting that more back feet. Tournament. That's, like, I, that's usually in Sanka's yeah. back pocket right there. <laughs> Did he play? Um, I think he actually, he might have actually not played because I remember, um, because I actually suffering from sickle cell. Well, well, you know what? I actually just saw that Sanka's. I mean, there's actually quite a few people that are actually not at Indian Wells. Um, and Sanga is one of smart them. Smart move. Very, very smart, I think, given <laughs> whatever particular histories and things like that, health-wise. Last yeah. year it was Kachanov. Oh, you know what? But Titi he defended. That was nice. He he won it in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. So, I love I love the plethora of excuses, which all seem to be the same worded excuse why you won't be showing up in Indian Wells. Girl, you know, an injury I caught somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think Simona Halep even did one better and walked around on crutches. <laughs> oh God! Learning from Rafa, girl. You're learning from Rafa. I love it. I love Listen, it. You gotta do it. If you can't post a picture, exactly. It ain't real. You gotta have an it image of yourself. You gotta post for it. So Bianca, it's your move, girl. Undress move. She already withdrew. I know she did, but we need to see picture some picture time. I don't need a picture. You know what I mean? I'm like, keep it to yourself. I don't need a picture, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's getting really suspicious now, girl. <laughs> no, but you know what? I thought about, I was like, listen, if you are someone who, I mean, obviously, body-wise, if she's fragile body-wise, I certainly would make my way over there. What's the point? <laughs> and if you're not 100%, if you're not 100%, do not make your way to Indian Wells for any reason. Even if you're not playing the tournament, people. So fans <laughs> out here, you can get a refund. Take this opportunity. That's Watch true. It is TV. so rare to get refunds at tennis tournaments. I mean, Watch yeah. this shit on TV, okay? Watch it on TV from your home with a mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In sympathy. In sympathy. No. So, Andreen, I think you, well, hmm. so Sabalenka won Doha. I mm-hmm. think last time we spoke, um, Dubai was going on and someone, did someone win that of important? Was it Simona who won that? Simona, yeah. 
Halep won, which was a very respectable, decent win. Yes. And then why why she's the former number one player, you know. Every just give the girls a little something, Halep. I mean, we can't be mad at that. <laughs> give them some reason to at least fear you. You know what I mean? At least the 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 the, the little girls on tour, not the not the ones in the top twenty. Who knows? Halep is beatable on any day. Looking at you, Brady. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know that top 50, you know what I mean? They'll <laughs> be like, oh, Simona. Oh, first round. We got a shot, people. We got a shot. But um, Venus is on the losing track again. I mean, I got into a rich discussion on Twitter. I mean, I'm just saying Venus is in her swan song. This is her last day on tour. Um, What's your... Is that clear? No, he's making it up. I mean, you're making things up. It's his like, hunch. That's not clear. <laughs> she she has it. made I'm... no announcements. But Venus is telling you all of her business anyway. I mean, that's true, but I'm just saying you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't be out, out there. here going. She's she's doing her farewell tour. I mean, this is oh, like she's... the results section. You're blending the results section, which is traditionally facts, with your opinions. So but the I'm just simply clear. saying, Venus showed up in Acapulco and Monterey. Mm-hmm. Places that she don't go other than vacation. Anyway, let me tell you something. Venus took those people's money for a vacation because <laughs> she had Acapulco. And what was Venus doing the night before her match? Drinking and dancing. Girl, we don't do that out here. And you know, and you know what gets me upset? It's the fateful. There, there are two sets of Venus fans. Okay, they are the blind faithful. Venus is gonna win the French Open. Venus is gonna win Wimbledon. They believe that's gonna happen still, right? And then there are the people, the practical, the diehard who's been on this bandwagon since they were on Gillette World Sports Special. That's how <laughs> diehard fan I am. Okay? I know Venus Ebony Star Williams. That girl ain't. We got, we got gifts in 2017. And then Mugger Roots had decided, fuck y'all and y'all feelings. And bagel that girl in the second sense, put in, a, put in the coffin in any hopes of Venus having a, a dance. She, Serena wouldn't even give her the encouragement to even get to her finals and get one of those free trophies she'd be giving out. Serena not even doing that. So I really think this is Venus last year on tour. She's out here branching out into media. I see her trying to do some. Um, she was doing that blog posting on YouTube for a little bit. I see she dropped that shit because she's going to have to answer some tough questions. I see her doing some TV spots. You know, she, I think she switched some job for a day with some one of those morning news Post talk show host kind of thingy whatever they're trying to pass themselves off a of serious news but they'll be trying to be like i don't know chat with jen and peter whatever that nonsense is and i don't see her doing tennis i've seen venus doing everything but being on a tennis court except when she's on a tennis court and just so happens to be losing but i just saw that <laughs> she did did she um i think uh, in the indian wells draw she's she drew her sister again she did <laughs> Is that what it is? In what I mean, round? I mean, or I just think, quarter or what? I think this is like the BNP Paribas um, open draw came out. So, Wait, but doesn't Serena have a bye? I mean, this is one of those wonderful things that we should be talking about in this um, episode. It's the draw, right? The draw for Indian Wells. Um, <laughs> but we could we could do a round of um, results while I pull up the draw. Okay. Quick so yeah, so Venus, so Venus is, you know, she's out there, and she's losing. 
And I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm mad, but I'm cool with that. Because Venus has given me too much for me to be out here being petty mad over her losing. Because I always say... You might be a little petty mad. Because I'm just simply saying, if Venus not interested in winning, why should I care that she's losing? I mean, I'm sure Venus is interested, but, you know, she's so... While you are while you are wor- worrying and thinking about Venus, why don't we um, talk about the Heather Watson's opponent in that final in Mexico? She seems to have been on a wonderful run. Fernandez? Yes, the Canadian I don't know player. Her. I know you don't know her. What, have you, what do you like about her game? <laughs> Why are you assuming we watched? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you cannot use the excuse of it being the wrong coast. It was perfectly within your coasts to catch that tournament. Um, I mean, your coast. True. Yeah. I did not though. Mm-hmm. I didn't see one point. I don't speak Spanish. So it was <laughs> We are horrible. <laughs> oh my god. No, I watched I did watch the highlights of the kids. Because I mean Acapulco was not gonna be fun. Once Rafa showed up, I was like, I don't care. But Rafa's think. not on the women's side, so I know that, but the tournament is all about him. I mean online it is. But, but I think you know, the women but had a really you, good tournament. But the other thing is that this tournament is kind of funky because it starts so late. I think you mentioned when you were there because of the heat, they start matches at six o'clock. Or yeah, something. yeah, it's an it's an afternoon tournament. It's, it's an, an afternoon it's, tournament, it's and they have really matches nice at a twelve, like at eleven o'clock or something like that. So, you know, my my ass is in bed by that time, well before that time. So. I do miss a lot, but I did see the highlight. Heather played really well within herself. I kept expecting, to be honest with you, at first I thought they weren't talking about the real Heather Watson. Just like, they made a mistake here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Because I hadn't heard anything from her. And you know, the problem is that it's never fitness. I just think she needed a better coach. So I hopefully Uh that's the motivation would definitely help her to get some coach and they can get some better strategies because she has always been a fit player. Heather Watson's fitness is not the problem. Heather Watson's tennis, our execution thereof within these matches and on big points has always been the problem. And I would really love to see her be, you know, do well. You know, mm-hmm. girl, get in there for the Olympics because, I mean, if Monica Puig got one, why can't you? Andy mm-hmm. got two, so. No, I think I was, Um, I don't think the draw is out yet. Um, So that's good news. <laughs> But, so oh, I guess it was people rumor. panicking. I was still trying to address to the news cycle. People were, I guess, just panicking at the idea that they might face each other. That's really silly. Um, <clears throat> at this point, people panicking about that? What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> afraid of. I, honestly, God, I really want to know what people are afraid of when Venus and Serena face each other. Because we have seen it enough times to know exactly how this story is going to work out. Well, it didn't work out the same last time. Venus beat her. Remember? Serena just came back from pregnancy, wasn't that? Yeah, exactly. That, that that doesn't mean anything. But also, congratulations to Sophia Hennen. She won a title. Look at her now. Mm. She mm. won the le- the title in Lyon. So now we can stop worrying about the Australian Open champion. She's gonna be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was that she ha- she was on a three match losing streak, and everybody was wondering. I think even she herself was because she's like, I just need to start playing better. She was really berating herself, but look at her. She got herself into a final and has won it. So good Maybe for her. Maybe I'll see her on a complex box or something in the supermarket. Maybe no. Now. Do they still do that? Oh, yeah, they do still do weedy boxes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she ain't weedy's words. She's conflicts. 
Get out of here. <laughs> Listen, I think you have to you you have to get over whatever those worthy comments are. You win a slam, you're worthy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that because <laughs> and everybody who won a slam, I want to see in a conflicts box. I would not buy that conflicts that you know whether it's my favor on the box, but you know I'm just simply saying. It can't be just creeping up on people in the supermarket uh, with certain mugs. Just not. Well, you know, when you buy that box, that box is going to turn like yellow. This is the this is the treat of that box. It's like you're going to have it preserved for years. And like, oh, because it's you don't have to use box. it. You don't have to eat it. You know, it's just like, it's just to watch the box turn color throughout. Oh, um, when people get the munchies and it, because cereal is the kind of thing when you're hungry and nothing is available, it is the thing that you go to. You can't avoid <laughs> You might not eat it with milk, but when you're hungry and you got the munchies and you're like smoking weed, I do not partake in such activities. But I'm just simply saying, what I had heard was that you would eat the cereal. But maybe Wheaties <laughs> is not the kind of cereal you want to eat when you're on the munchies. But hey, conflicts maybe. So, well, I, mean, so I think at the end, Everyone has won some interesting tournaments, but it's always about when everybody gets to the big event. Mm-hmm. And I think Indian Wells is one of the big ones. So we'll get to really see where yeah. people are, right? And it, it it has proven to be the thing on the women's side, at least. You win Indian Wells, apparently you're almost guaranteed to win the US Open. <laughs> oh, kind of correlates oh with each other. <laughs> that would be interesting. I, you know, yeah. I know. If I'm not mistaken, it happened for Panetta. It <laughs> happened for um um what's her name oh, um Gerber. osaka it, yeah. and it happened oh, for true. andrescu oh, so true. apparently winning oh, it, it's, um, it's a thing no it's that's, not a thing well it could be interesting well because usually right it's like <laughs> oh yeah that, then it's like can you do the can you do the sunshine double and then can you like take that result into but let's be honest none of those things are going to be the same equation because of COVID-19. We... Well, you want to talk about science, though. I'm not in talking a place about, like in America like, that doesn't believe is, in science. Listen, we can talk about the results, but the tour is going to be impacted tremendously by this virus. And if and it's so, not, they're all well, fucking fools. Well, tennis seemed to be... I mean, I'm literally telling you, I just watched four days of biathlon and there was no one in the stand. <laughs> like no one, right? Well, and this aside is from and this that, is playing though. in this is playing in, and a lot of sports have taken this step. Tennis yep. seems to be avoiding this sort of a thing. Tennis is at least tennis in America. I'm not showing how it's operating outside. I mean, if it's if it were an indoor tournament, I think perhaps you can control the atmosphere a lot better. You can do, you know, I, I love how a lot the, of places. I think are with staying. the Davis Cup, the Davis Cup that happened this weekend. I think many of them were not entirely full, right? There was one match was played without spectators. I, I saw. know the yeah. Japanese double, the Japanese um, rubber was played without um, tie, was played without audience. I'm almost sure mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, yeah. Wherever Japan was, um, I mean, not... it's such a strange thing. I think I saw, you know, I think Janina, you you're a big basketball player um, watcher, and I saw that. Um, I saw that uh, LeBron was like, he's not playing unless there are fans there. And I've just been thinking about that. Like, the, the, just the, the, the idea that, like, we've got to stay with the schedule enough that we have to get through this so it doesn't actually matter if fans are there. Because I noticed that's happening with soccer as well. Well, I think that people, 
athletes included clearly at some level forget at times that this is their job (laughs) and you know yes it's there to entertain people but at the at the bare minimum it's your job and you should probably you know you kind of do what's needed of you and if that means you're going to go play and nobody's there to watch it's still your job no, I mean, so I get it'll it, be it interesting is. to see how which athletes are like, yeah, no. I mean, because especially I think for a sport like basketball, where the crowd is such a huge piece of it, um, you know, I can't. I mean, in soccer too, I can't even imagine what that must feel like for the athlete it's probably like a really boring practice session like they feed off of that energy it's got to be so weird but i think well then don't because here's the thing i think people are i think why it's happening it's because these places these things events all have lucrative television contracts yeah so it's why they exist there so, to but to me, say that you're not gonna play if there are no fans—that's just—that's just stupid. For me, that's stupid. stupid. I don't know, I don't know if it's kind of. I just think he. But it is part of I'm the sure sport. He's play. I'm sure he's gonna play. But I'm just like he reacted like, wow, it just doesn't. Like, but I think it's something to really think about the idea of like, like in the. I mean, it's like basically performing if you're an, if you're a performer. It's like performing. Which athletes um, are performers, but, no? But we have. Done I mean, this. you are, but yeah. that's not been our experience of it. I mean, we've we've mm-hmm. seen live tape a show without an sure. audience, right? And so, yeah. in some sense, that's exactly what you have. It's like, hey, yep. we're going to have a show, but we're not going to have an audience. But we have an audience at um, home. Yeah, it's but really we have, weird. But we have done these sort of things before, maybe not on such a large scale, but they have been sporting event that has been. Um, stage without an audience for security reasons. Um, yeah, and it's really, really weird. And this is this is also like a security issue as well. So to well, me, it is. But, but to me, it, it's funny how capitalism is so is so you know such a beast that we're gonna try to work around these things, right? And a non-essential well, sporting event must go on in some capacity. Just I don't want to dig too far it. into the into the politics of it all, but I think we really I I would I, I'm very curious to see how tennis plays out outside of America, because in America, we don't have a current government that seems to be taking this seriously. I mean, it's just it's unreal. You know, you you've got a president saying on national TV that there's nothing to worry about. We don't have the virus here and it's not coming here. Carry on. And then it's here. And he's saying the president of the United States is saying, if you need to be tested, you will be tested. Anybody that wants to get tested will be tested. We have tons of tests. The tests are beautiful. I don't know what a beautiful test looks like, but apparently we have beautiful tests, but you have the vice president who is in charge of this, he is the the go-to person speaking to the media saying we don't have enough tests right now. So we're getting a very mixed message. And um, I see certain organizations taking precautions on their own. But whereas in other countries where the government is saying 
we're shutting shit down. The United States isn't doing that. Indian Wells is a huge tournament. Huge. And, you know, they're like, oh, the ball kids will wear gloves and not carry player towels, which is gross anyways. But come you've got the What did you biggest... think of that statement, actually? What did you think uh, about that? I mean, first of all, it's, that... it's something that we've been calling for for a long time, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second, the biggest issue that we know about with this virus is that it lays dormant for a lot longer than um, most viruses that we know how they behave. And the worst thing you can do is put a large amount of people in one place. And it lays dormant in the air. Yes, it can lay on a, on a surface. Well, I don't know how true that is. There's been conflicting information about whether or not it's hanging out in the air. Um, yeah, the it, air, it's not airborne. It's, it's not it airborne. Surface. It is surface. But it can survive on surfaces for many 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 hours like nine ten hours yeah so you know it's just the last thing we should be doing is gathering in places in these types of numbers right now when but i have a question because this is the thing i found rather unusual because and it goes back to something relevant in specific in tennis because one of these things sasha um Zarev um, always says it just like, I don't know why people keep going for the towel and, you know, I can go for it myself. I don't need someone to do it. He's he's always made a point about that. He just thought it was kind of odd. And to me, it doesn't matter if the if the ball kids are wearing gloves, they're still handling the towel. Right. Whether or not they're touching, they're, they're touching because the glove has contact with the virus you know what i mean so they can still touch themselves with the glove the glove isn't like some magical the, barrier that it's the, it's the, not the a magical barrier this is it. this is completely for optics because even if the yeah. ball kids because let's let's think about this in in real terms okay the ball kids aren't going to handle the player's towel which eliminates direct transmission from the player should they be infected to the towel to the ball kid, right? However, no, they said the that ball the kids, kids the ball kids will not be touching or moving. Correct. But towel. let let's 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 follow this, right? So mm-hmm. that eliminates one piece. Yep. But you have the player touching the towel, who in turn will touch the balls, mm-hmm. which the ball kids will handle. You know what it takes? It takes one itch on their face with a glove on that has the virus on it. And boom, they've got it. The gloves do nothing. Like, just like you're saying, it doesn't do anything. It eliminates one piece of the puzzle, but the puzzle is way too big to be solved by kids wearing gloves. And also you're moving people from all over the world to one area. You're concentrating players. They have not been quarantined. I mean, but I think the tournament is trying to say we aren't doing this and it's going to eliminate a transmission. And it's not it's not even a good band aid. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think if you think about the logistics of how this transmission, or as Janina said, what we know of the transmission, the precautions that are being added are useful as a kind of security measure in your own mind. But logistically, it's a little bit worrying because really the question is like, how many people are going to be having contact with everything that's happening on in the in the state on the stage of play, and then 
having all sorts of touching going on with their face. Because even between the players, right? But, but, between but, but, the we, players. We, sorry, does Rafa ahead. stop his nose in face touching between points now? Because stop you know digging what? digging in his ass? No, well, I'm serious. That, I mean, that, it's, really we, it's we joke face. about it, yeah. but this is exactly what happens. So maybe you've got – and here's, here's another thing to consider – Kids aren't getting very sick, but that doesn't mean they're not carriers, they're right? Carriers for sure, yeah. So, so you've got a sick ball kid that doesn't even know they're sick. Are they gonna say, "Mom, Dad, I don't feel good because," so I better miss being a ball kid at Indian Wells or the U.S. Open or wherever? They're not probably gonna do that, and they're not feeling very sick. But again, they're still carriers, so they roll a ball to someone, and then like Rafa who has a ritual between every single point where he touches his face. Boom. Boom. That's it. That's all it takes. But but That's but you it. see I and think we're, we're ignoring just, this. We're looking at one thing here though. We're just looking at It's a players. huge piece of tennis. But but no no no. But we're looking at just the player and the ball kid play interaction. What no, you No, we're have, not. I'm just saying this wait, is wait, where wait, it wait, starts. Wait, yeah, but let's what what's but, your piece really? But we forget that the people in the crowd there is a whole bunch of people who are next to each other, interact with each other. We have been to tennis tournament. We know how dirty those facilities are, mm-hmm. particularly when you have a whole bunch of people all over the place. You know, you have food handlers there. They're like, they're going to wash their hands as if they weren't doing that before. We know how these things happen. We, we It's stadium food. It's never the healthiest. It's never the cleanest. And all these people are in this small space with surfaces that cannot be logistically clean every minute. Because mm-hmm. there is always a um, rotation, right? Right. God, you know those bathrooms are filthy. So it's not just the players, because I think players might relatively be able to take care of themselves. They're relatively healthy people. But you do have a whole bunch of people in varying age groups from all over the world, again, coming in. And that's the other thing, too. People from all over the world are coming in, and they have not been quarantined. And they might be, can because you are at the incubation period is, what, two weeks, I think? So you feel relatively fine, but apparently you can still spread this all over the place. So that doesn't seem, I, I don't, they haven't And also given you haven't, and the question is, I mean, one of the things, if you go to the CDC website, they talk about who should be quarantined, um, right? And so if you are coming from, what is it? They have like stage one and stage two countries. Mm-hmm. These are the countries that tradition, I mean, Italy is one of the countries. China is one of the countries. I mean, where were the players just recently? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, were the Italian players not in Italy? Like, like these are just kind of like these questions that no one's really asking. Um, and so it's like, and where are fans coming from? The question, the other part of it that's really curious for me, and listen, I'm not, we're actually just asking these questions, like how we think through them. We're not trying to generate panic. But the other piece is Indian Wells is a fairly older population tournament. It's Palm Springs. This is a retiree community. So this is actually one of the more vulnerable communities in terms of age and in terms of underlying um, potential um, comorbidity issues. So it's like, this is something that I hope that people are going to be really mindful of. The statement on the website is a start, but I also think that they have to actually communicate to fans, even on the loudspeakers, how they should be behaving mm-hmm. at the tournament. Like beyond, besides the hand sanitizers, it's also you're you're moving. Like just think about that. You're moving between game between um, matches to different seats 
that were sat mm-hmm. on by other people and yep. touched and sweated on and all kinds of things. And then you've got to make sure that you're super conscious about what you're doing with your hands as you move them to different parts of your body. And you have to hold on to these hands because you they're hand railings, you, the stadiums are high, you're going to be putting your hands to your face to eat. You're going oh, to be touching just a the- lot. There's just a lot of logistical things that I just, I'm that just. We don't typically think about. That you just don't I, think about. That I, I think we have to be making sure that the speakers are announcing as you're at the tournament. Like as you move from stadium to stadium and you're doing things, you need to be like watching <laughs> often, which means the lines are going to be very long. I mean, I just think it's like, it's one of those things that I don't know if people really kind of pulled back and thought through. Well, um, isn't Indian Wells the second biggest stadium in the country? It's a or the world. It's one of it's one of the biggest. It's next to Arthur Ashe, right? Yeah, it's one not next to, but in the in the you know, but like yeah, size wise, size wise, right? In terms of even just attendee wise, right? Right. With the slam numbers, it's the fifth. Yeah. So you have all of that to consider, but they're like we have two hundred and fifty more hand sanitizing stations on the grounds. Really. but but hopefully hopefully this is the correct hand sanitizer right and this I'm is sure the it is. Yeah, I, I, I honestly but, don't doubt that think, but that's yeah, not enough but, but here's here done to, what they can here's something to add to that thing then you're going to have all these people who may potentially be infected and move them from California to Florida another yep. retiree place and Indian Wells, if I'm not mistaken, is traditionally where there's always something dodgy in the air. Always. Food, food always. poisoning, always some kind of shit going on in Indian Wells. Illness, well, I don't know. Tradition. I don't want to. Listen, I, listen. In the in the same combination of us talking about this, you'll hear it's not this all over. But one of the things that has happened is we've seen a few times that viruses will pa- or bacteria, whatever it is, will pass through that tournament and impact players quite quickly. So such so that by the time it comes around for them to go to Miami, either they're leaving very early from Indian Wells because they're sick and then they're leaving to having to go to Miami. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's not like a, I don't want to make it seem like it's a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a myth. There have been outbreaks of various things throughout the years that have like, you know, really touched the player population. <clears throat> but can I, can I, but is, um, but this is what I'm saying. To me, a lot of this, this thing that they're saying just look like what they're talking the that about. Who are saying that, that Indian Mouth has put out mm-hmm. hasn't really has been rather. Um, I don't know. It's been sort of like I don't think this is serious. They're fully considering the situation. They just seem into to me. I get the impression they're just doing barely enough so that they could continue and probably waylay the affairs. Of some people, or most people, so they can still get the tournament up and running and make that money. This is. Well, I mean, obviously, listen, listen. Everyone is concerned about this. I've been in. We've, we've, we. I don't know. We all may be assigned to things. I've had lots of things that have been canceled, and it's problematic for people. I mean, nonprofits have had to cancel conferences, and that's that's for nonprofits. That's a lot of money that they've put out because a lot of money you put out. And you can't get that money back. There's not going to be a refund process. So I'm really, you know, I'm really sensitive to the fact that it is a big deal to cancel events. And so, but I think part of the challenge here is that we know that there's been inconsistent messaging just overall for us as geniuses. And so the inconsistent messages from the very top lets you put out a statement that is 
not particularly compelling because there is such confusion. But if you do a little bit of a deeper dive and you go to the CDC website and you and you read what they say about how transmission happens, you know that you know that this statement is not enough. You know, it's bare, you know, but for someone who maybe is just casually listening and hearing the constant um, application of this virus as like the flu, which makes it very dismissive to people, which people forget, even if it is like the flu, we have a flu vaccine. And so and it the doesn't flu is perf- very dangerous, even still, even still. But we have a vaccine for the flu. So we and, you know, like it, it runs through the population. It does what it does. But we understand more about the flu than we understand this virus. So this virus is an unknown entity where they're learning as much as they can. But even given the things that we know, I just think fan behavior Fan behavior has to be completely transformed in order to enjoy this event safely. Well, and I'm I'm interested to see like who's gonna bitch about the fact that you know you can't get near your player anymore because that's happening. I mean, I hope well. people are sensitive to that. I mean, I would I think, hope so. I, but I think players I, are now not gonna be they're they're limiting it. Well, they're not, they're not doing it. Give, yeah, they're not doing public things. sessions with players and, yeah, and you know you things that. Yeah, like so. Please hold your big gifts at home, and you know, don't be upset that a player doesn't want your gift. And you're not going to get that autograph or that selfie. T-shirt or your book, but you know something. Um, I know one sport biathlon canceled press conferences, so they Mm -hmm. to change the whole atmosphere for how it's going to be. But I wonder if if tennis is thinking about because one of the things I'm worried about is that with COVID-19, it's the, one of the praise is that we know so little about the illness, right? This is not a situation where we know a lot about it, and therefore these precautions are best practices. Basically. Well, I, yeah, I like it's best, as, it's best as you know right it's now, as, right? It's as best as you know I right have now. A, I, so I really can, feel like when when we get out of America. So so what we're going to do, it's going to be Indian Wells, Miami, and then what's the next big tournament after that? We're going to go to Europe, right? And yeah, start clay. That, that, that all is going to change. because I think, I think we're going to see some very different tournaments once the players get out of America. I really do. Because the rest of the world is responding in a completely different way than America. I mean, Italy has 16 million people quarantined right now 16 million in one section of the country so i think we're going to see something something very very different very different i actually Um, just spoke with someone living in italy today and shit is shut down oh i mean it's it's necessarily going to be different because first of all i mean the biggest piece of the tournament is picking up i mean we are going to have to assume that may is a non-starter right i whatever italy is trying to do they're not going to repair that in two months so we have the italian open is may is 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 at the start of may so that's a that's a journey so you have to think about all of the tournaments in april right the april tournaments are monte carlo i mean realistically how does that and then madrid I mean, you know, so and we already see some of the changes that are happening in Spain. So Mm -hmm. my sense of that is that 
that's where we're going to have to see some real shift in thinking about how mm-hmm. we execute these tennis tournaments. Um, because you, I mean, I would assume you're going to move the Italian Open someplace. Well, it, it has right? to be. I, I suspect if if we don't have a handle on this, because Italy is right now the fastest growing rate of infection. And right. that might then any other, that might be because they are testing, which yes. isn't happening in the United States of America. So we might have a dominant population. Testing, yeah. There might be some testing. Well, the scale at which America is testing is ridiculously low. It's, it's almost embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yes. But my friend from Italy, she lives in the Lombardy region. She just sent me this morning. She says the flow of people in public places such as supermarkets will now be monitored. Yep. Just She just came back from the supermarket. The entire region of Lombardy is now on lockdown, so no one can leave or enter. Yep. She mentioned she buy herself a bottle of French Pinot, Grigio, Pinot, Pinot Noir, but that's irrelevant. The lockdown <laughs> will be until April 2nd, so it will, it yeah. will come into effect tomorrow. Compared yeah. to last time, people seem more at ease. Saw only about two, maximum three persons in the supermarket wearing masks. The supermarket now provides gloves, plastic gloves at the um, entrance for use. And now the cashier allows the buyer to completely carry their groceries from the counter before she starts to cash another person's groceries. And tables at bars and restaurants are completely separated at a distance from each other. The yeah. shelves are not completely emptied. Yeah, Americans are out here buying toilet paper. I don't know why, but you know. America. I mean, I think it's people's perceptions of what they're experiencing. I don't understand why that why people always bulk up on those things. But, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, what are you going to do there? I mean, actually, that's actually one of the things you actually may have some control over is like you could wash yourself if things go badly. Yeah, like, and, and know, it, like, it hasn't been seemed to be able to be giving people de- debilitating diarrhea. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I, actually, it's because it's one of the it's one of the symptoms listed. That's one of the reasons it why. is. Well, and I think that people are afraid about production and not being able to get things. Yeah. Well, there is that. That's how it affects the economy. And, but you know, um, I mean, even but even the mindfulness about that, people. Why would if you hoard, I don't have. And guess what? I'm still going to go out in public, and you probably will too. So what will it be like if I don't have those toilet papers to clean myself up? Like, <laughs> can we think a little bit? I mean, this is one of those things where again, it's like, can a we proper just, government would be. Providing I, I information. Like recommendation would be like, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, or at least capitalism would be like, guess what? Your neighbor needs to buy that too. So we're limiting how many you can buy. And of course, people will rage and go whatever. But I think maybe once the once people calm down, they'll realize that it's important that everyone gets hand sanitizer. No, I don't think so. <laughs> people, listen, people, people are greedy. They are out for themselves. I was in, I was behind a woman in a store. I can't even believe I'm going to say this on air, but I am. There was a woman in front of me at a store, and she had 10 hand sanitizers. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you need 10? You don't need 10. I hope to God she's going to share them with someone or something. I'm like, you don't need 10. And she was adamant about getting her 10, and they had better be on sale. And she was in there for 45 minutes, I heard her say, to make sure that she was getting them for the price that she thought she should be getting them. And I'm just, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, and I'm waiting and I'm trying to be patient and I'm still thinking you don't need fucking 10 hand sanitizers. Why did I get home and Jason had done the same thing? <laughs> I then you know what? I'm going to tell Jason, you know what? Jason needs to ship me one because guess what? We can't find any. I mean, this is, these are the kinds of things that, you know, it's like one of those moments when you realize we're so not used to sharing 
Um, yeah. and make, you know, we just know that if our money can allow us to access it, we deserve it. We and so it. We, yeah. we never really think about the, I mean, but the logistics of it is just like, lady, if you have all the hand sanitizers, who's going to hand sanitize and, and hold your food? Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. And here's the other <laughs> thing too. What we do know is that excessive use of hand sanitizers, do we give you that mental psychic, yeah. you know, like confident it's actually causing you may cause you to get ill because you are killing bacteria that should be on your hand and leaving your hand exposed to and also this up. is a virus it's exactly. not a, it's not it's not washing your you hands guys, are better my hands this are so chapped good. right now they are chapped from the well, amount of hand sanitizer and washing that i've been doing but i mean i work in healthcare, so i'm trying to be extra careful yeah but my but hands I mean, are jacked up from not that the shit. I'm more go for soap and water. Nonetheless, bringing it back to the tennis and for someone who goes to live tennis, I just think for it, you know, just really as fans of the sport, think about how fan behavior at a tournament and and take a look at that statement from the tennis tournament and ask yourself if you think that is enough. And probably just stay home. And and, a lot of these and and be thoughtful and and be thoughtful about the analysis and have your spokes and let's have let's have spokespersons ask the questions. The spokespeople are the tennis player are the tennis players. Novak Djokovic, you're the number one player. Ashley Barty, you're the number one player. It's not just about your own safety, it's also about fan safety. Are these smart things? But then again, I'm thinking to myself, didn't they just have a massive cricket tournament with thousands of people sitting in the stands in Australia? So, I mean, like, do they, like, I saw that that went on and I was like, that's beautiful. But I was like, wow, they brought a crowd of people together? Yeah, and young people go home to the elderly people and then boom, we got problems. Like, (laughs) I mean, part of it is that, part of it is that we are trying to, part of it is supposed to be containment in the U.S. Not because everyone's going to get sick, but because we don't we want to decrease the number of people who get sick and then have to access an healthcare system that is already loaded down that seems to be the through line here and so having massive events where pe- a bunch of people gather and are basically be- going to potentially pass pass around this disease that a lot of people don't really know about and sort of are not taking quite seriously yet because really as much as i ignore i have to say what non-scientists say i know that most people don't right they are still listening to the leader of the country and he for the most part has people have said that he said erroneous things all week so that means that that's a whole generation of people for whom the president's words mean things they are out there with false information and they're operating under those assumptions and so that's a very and operating under these assumptions boldly and with confidence yeah, that's part of the problem. They're not humble. They're not yeah. humble in their appreciation of this man. They're going to do quite the opposite of what you should be doing. So you have that issue also. So, I mean, and 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 America doesn't have a healthcare system capable of handling any kind of crisis, which Italy and China has shown itself being able to handle. Or, I mean, but barely. I mean, barely. You know what I mean? I don't think Italy's handling it. I think Italy is trying to handle it. But I mean, I think I think no country's really sort of on top of this. But they, but have I, a... they at least have a process and a plan. Right. That's that's, um, I guess, nationwide. Right. I think at this point in time, what we've discovered is that we're doing it. We're doing it um, state by state. And probably at the end of the day, it's going to be city by city. 
Um, well, so. I'll tell you what. Ohio doesn't have any confirmed cases. You know why? Because we're not testing. Why are we not testing? Because we don't have tests. Yeah. So ultimately, that's the problem. I mean, the numbers here are going to skyrocket when testing is readily available. It's going to go through the fucking roof. Which is okay. Which is what the science. Which is what the well, scientists it's and the cause doctors a have panic. said. It's a panic, but that's what the doctors have said, right? You don't know until you get tested. Until you get tested, you can live in a land of not knowing. But yep. we'll, we will start to see the numbers. And I think so just, you know, containment is important. And so people for who are going to the tournament, be very careful. Try to practice as much of the safety tips that people have said. But it's really counter to how we exam- to, uh, to how we actually um, move around tournaments. Keep you know, we're touching things home. all the time. Just be really careful. Um, if you're not, you know, um, and if you have any underlying illness, I really think it's not a good idea to put yourself in that situation. And you know, this tournament is going to not let you bring your own food. So you got to touch whatever food is out Yeah, I mean, they've been, I mean, maybe this time around they'll they'll lighten that up a little bit. And let, they usually, they used to be able to take in little things, but you have to be careful. But you know what? Let me tell you something. Indian Wells for the first, a refund at a tennis tournament is a thing of beauty. So if you have any nerve, nerves about it and you're worried, guess what? It's on TV. The TV rights have been sold. Make yourself comfortable and hit that refund button if you're uncertain. You know, fine if you want to go do it, but I'm just saying be very careful. Um, and the other big thing that's happened, just to be sensitive of time, is um, we had a retirement between <laughs> our last taping. Uh, mm-hmm. Maria Sharapova announced... Really, actually, I think basically just via social media, right? Just no, she did a vanity fair. Did a magazine article? Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, but yeah, it was that, right? I mean, but not all of us are going to buy that vanity fair. So it was essentially social media, right? And then the vanity fair piece came out. Um, what um, what say you all about Maria Sharapova's? I mean, I know people will probably have very long. Um, fascinating discussions about her impact on the sport. What what do you all think about the retirement of Maria Sharapova? My initial reaction was it's about fucking time. Uh-huh. And the reason that I say that is because she hasn't done shit since she came back from her doping ban, period. She has not been able to perform at the level that she did while she was doping. Um, she probably should have left then. I can understand and appreciate wanting to, you know, end your career on your own terms. That's about all I can do. But the fact of the matter is, um, she was shit when she wasn't extra when, when when she wasn't able to take her drug anymore. And you know, I don't I don't care how many people want to tell me, oh, she wasn't using it in a performance enhancing way. Um, I will refer you back to the podcast that we did. We read every single document thoroughly, every single one. That woman was taking extra doses before an extra match for extra help. And that, my friend, is performance enhancing intentions, period. Um, I don't care. I don't care that she's gone. I'm not going to miss her. Um, I, I, listen... I was the person here, and I still am the person here that says when you get caught doping, you ought to be banned for fucking life. Don't cheat. Period. You're an athlete that gets paid millions of dollars to play a goddamn game. And you're cheating. And she cheated. She cheated. And if and if you're still unsure as to whether or not she cheated, go listen to the podcast that we already broke everything down for you about 
every single bit. All of the rules, everything she did, the testimonies, all of it. We've already done it. And she's a fucking cheater, and I'm glad she's gone. Hmm. Well, I'm just going to say, hello, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, what, the thing that just popped into my mind right now is Venus Williams. Because uh-huh. Venus Ebony Star Williams was on the tour before Maria Sharpova, and she had Sjogren's Syndrome. She has it. And she has kept plowing, take the L's, got the wins when she can, and she's still out here, nearly 40, clicking a ball. So when people get mad, Venus is losing. For me, Venus is still winning. So because people like Maria Sharpova, who has been treating and doping, has come and gone. And they can't live with the real legacy. But I would say the thing about Maria Sharpova, she sort of encapsulates, I think, a lot of things that is wrong with the world in how a new story, how a, a narrative can be created and this narrative goes without the facts. And she sort of encapsulated that for a very long time, particularly since the doping. Because of who she is, she encapsulates white women mediocrity. She encapsulates white women feminism. She encapsulates, um, I, I guess, all of those type of like um, theories and issues surrounding those issues of black versus white type of situation. Because Maria Sharapova was given the benefit of the doubt constantly when there was no doubt that she was yep. doped. Because it's one of those things where all of the there were undisputed facts surrounding that situation. And it's one thing if you wanted to come back and say all is forgiven, but Maria was never allowed to be humbled. She never humbled herself and accepted any real responsibility for doping. Because even though she said that the press conference and the dirty carpet, whatever the case may be, even though she said that one thing, that every single thing she said thereafter and every single action that she took showed no risk. No contrition, no acceptance of the responsibility. I know people loved her because they brought seats to the arena and all this sort of thing. But a lot of people who were coming to the arena to see Maria Sharapova, they came with something extra. They were there to see Maria Sharapova because they disliked someone else. It was never Maria Sharapova didn't bring any sort of lasting legacy to the sport. Are you sure about that? Is that a claim that you're comfortable making? I am For the a people who are legitimately call themselves Sharapova fans. Yes, I can come to because if you ask them to show you the facts, because she has been doping for 10 years. I mean, the fact that she retired and I mean, everything else. So that someone I heard someone say, you know, I love Maria Sharapova because she had that fiery determination and that um, long, you know, that consistency and that stamina. So like that was Maldonium. <laughs> that is precisely what Maldonium was doing. No, and I mean, let me ask I mean. you, let me, I think we're one of the few, let's let, you know, we're one of the few podcasts, I think, that place a real strong premium on her doping. Like, I think we, we really, we really put it as, um, we put it within the context of her results and we really take it seriously that she was, um, taking this, um, substance and that, um, she performed substantially worse after her return without having the substance. Most people don't think it figured too much into her results. Well, that's because they don't want to look at the facts. They didn't want to dig through the hundreds of pages that we did. They don't want to put it in the work. We talk about how lazy people are all the time. They were lazy they didn't and, and if they want if they did do the work and they did learn about it they didn't have the balls to speak about it publicly 
So because, you can't talk about things that are going to, you know, be looked down upon because you're saying something negative, even though it be true about one of the biggest stars in your sport that you cover. I mean, there are so many things that go around this that um, we didn't play into and we still don't. Well, one of the things that I loved, uh, one of the interesting things whenever you hear any of those people speak, particularly the journalists and whatever, they never quoted facts. They quoted feelings. There was always an obfuscating of the facts and everything around it. No one was very clear. There was absolutely no way. There was no way you could have read any of the stages, even her initial excuses. At no point could you have given Maria Sharp over the benefit of the doubt that she had mistakenly was mistakenly taken a substance because even pe- even when she was caught dead right in center and the people said not only did she have meldonium in her system she had so much in her system it was very clear that she took it the day before the match or on the day of the match that they tried to obfuscate you know like she didn't read the email and whatever the case in me so to me there was a lot to, 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 to when i say that the legacy that Maria Sharapova didn't bring much to the legacy of this sport. It isn't lightly. I mean, she brought people there, people who loved her because she fit that type, right? She's blonde, she's white, and she can be that anti-Serena. We know how people pick up anyone who seemed to be against Serena, right? When you could degrade, um, when you when you could say throw shit at Serena to say she hasn't done anything for the, you can always pull up a, a Maria Sharapova arch type. But when you look at Maria Sharapova results when she was on Meldonium for the she beat Serena 2004 Wimbledon. That was one thing. But her problem immediately started in 2005, basically. That's when shit was really happening because she figured out then, one, she doesn't really have that great of a game to even withstand. She has that tenacity, that stamina, which we could attribute to Meldonium. But the result, she won another major in 2006, won another in 2008. And then when she went that full upswing, when she started taking Meldonium at a very consistent and long rate from 2012, that's when you start to see her dominating at the French. That's when she was, she was, that's when she really, the legacy was came. That's because that's, that's where she got major four and five. At the French Open, her traditionally worst place to play tennis ever. She all of a sudden became a, the best click player on tour consistently for years. She almost became like a Justine N.R. Den. Who was a click out specialist? You almost could say Maria Sharapova became a click out specialist in 2012 up to 2015. So to me, what did she bring to this book? Can someone legitimately say what it is she bring? Is it a, a new style of play, a game? No. Did she bring the money? Probably. But that has always been a thing we know would always come. Right. That someone would come along at some point that would just increase money. People had more money to spend. She didn't really introduce money because that has already been introduced with Venus and Serena. They're willing to give them more money. Maybe that's just it. Roger Federer and Nadal and maybe just certain extent Djokovic, they're pulling a lot more money. For women's sport, that girl doesn't, she doesn't even advocate women's sport unless she's servicing herself. Maria Chapova never acts selflessly. It's always a selfish move. You ask her what's her favorite things, they're all her sponsorship. There is never any genuine moment. Everything is for, for, for performance sake. Her documentary, her book was all performance. You never get any. So I don't, so maybe people can dismiss me as a hater. But the thing that I would say at the very end, I got facts on my side. I'm not sure what you got. You got feelings. Because well, you know I mean, what? this this is, a, this is an important question, though, um, because I think 
Does Maria Sharapova have a legacy outside of Serena? And I think you just said no. I don't think so because I mean mm-hmm. it's it's always because for people in in, in on paper not, it's not even on paper but for the hype right that was the biggest match on the woman's side right not even a match which is terms of quality a uh, Serena well Serena versus Kim or a Serena versus Azarenka which might produce better quality matches right but it was a Serena and a and a Maria and and that I would say for racist reasons because nothing on paper was supposed to say that was a rivalry right but mm-hmm. it it got all the trimmings and all the treat and all of the hype off a situation and this is the thing if Maria wanted to clear her name and show that she had you know the doping was just it was just like for headache medicine or whatever nonsense she tried to spill. She had three years, two to three years to show us that. And she has shown nothing because she didn't leave the toe a hobbled animal. She had got to the, she left the toe when she was banned quarterfinals at the Australian Open. So she was playing good tennis. Right? She didn't leave with an injury. Well, she, not, you know what, though? I, I think one of the the biggest things that people are choosing to ignore is the fact that let's 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 just you know play devil's advocate for a moment. Let's say Maria Sharapova did have almost an abnormal EKG and almost some diabetes, right? And she was taking this as a preventative measure for her health. Let's say that those things that she has told us are true. It does not negate the fact that when you take an anti-doping test, when you submit your sample, every single time you do that, you fill out a form and you say everything that you are putting into your body and not one time over all these years, not one single time did she put that down. So somebody needs to flat out ask her if you were taking this because you've got a heart that's going to collapse on you one day and your kidneys aren't going to work and your pancreas isn't going to work and your body's going to stop producing insulin and you're taking that to to make sure that you're healthier in the long run, why are you leaving it off the form over and over and over again for years upon years upon years? That in itself is a broken rule and that's the most basic thing that everyone is ignoring who cares why she did it we all know why she did it but honestly who cares you didn't put it on the form you didn't do it you were hiding it intentionally so why well i think what's noteworthy it's interesting um i don't know if you had a chance to peruse her vanity fair it doesn't come up (laughs) of course not no i mean but i mean but listen like, like to me, that's a little bit like um, it's a bit of a it's a little bit gaslighting. Like we all were here, we're all of the right age, we're all people who remember what happened. The the only significant admission that Maria Sharapova makes in that piece about in her piece about her goodbye is her 2008 shoulder surgery, which is the shoulder surgery that everything rests upon, right? Mm-hmm. That's why her. That's why her um, serving is problematic from there on and all of those things that is like central to how people talk about the challenges that she has. But it does not come up in her goodbye at all, at all. And that just is so striking to me. 
um, on a fundamental level because it's like it's dishonest about even just the span of your entire career. You don't even give us you don't even give us an opportunity for you to frame that doping moment again. She just chooses to ignore it entirely, ignore it entirely. And many, I think, ignored it. Exactly. Entirely, I mean, even in terms of the reflection of her career. They allow it to go on. This is part of what I'm saying. The legacy of Maria Sharpova to me, it's because she signifies all of those things where there is a, a, a pertinent issue, right? There is no way you can escape this thing because as the players on told have pointed, you now have to look back on her career. And literally, one of the interesting things that um, the... The findings found was that every significant match that she won, she had it in her system because she was tested. She was using it at the Olympics. It was above the norm. And this was something she was taking every day to train. So even if this wasn't giving her any physical advantage, this was really giving her that psychological boost. And the fact that this was taken away from her, we see the results today. So to me, it it can't get any clear cut that where someone was doping and the effects of no longer doping, whether it was a physical effect or a psychological effect. But and it's also crazy because there is no other sport where someone could have been doping like this and they come back to the sport with a whole bunch of fanfare and we pretend like it didn't exist. People mm-hmm. pretend like it was you went on a vacation. It's almost it becomes we all sit there waiting for someone to say, well, this wasn't a vacation. She went on, you know, she was on a ban for 18 months. She was banned for 18 months. And that's a significant amount of time. 15 to 18 months, I think it was. Well, I find it. I find it tremendous. I've just been watching. I, you know, I think it's important that. You know, I mean, we've had, you know, we've had we've lost athletes recently and people have asked the question about what's important to mention when you think about an athlete's legacy, right? And I think it's really striking. Um, it's been striking to think through, yeah, you have to mention the ups and downs of the athlete's career so that you can have a real sense of the um, the full journey and the meaning of um, the meaning of the various moments, right? You have to place everything in context. And so it's been really fascinating and eye-opening to be honest to watch us talk about Maria Sharapova from the tennis establishment side without mentioning her doping in a meaningful way and if you mention it then you are characterized as um fake news or a hater or all of these like really or sort Serena of like Stan. or Stan <laughs> or any of those kinds of things which is like um obviously weird because that everybody knows shouldn't remember that I was definitely I, I mean I was a Mara Sharapova fan um listen I'm a fan but you know there are only a few people that I'm a fan in the sense of like it defines some aspect of my character, I guess. But I'm a, I was a Sharapova fan. I enjoyed her. So um, it's, I think it's, I think it was such a tremendous disservice the way tennis characterized her, and character and continues to characterize her. And so, um, and so, and you know, it, it's unsurprising that the other players don't mention it. <laughs> Well, that's I mean, what I was surprised at. I mean, they I all mean, got in on this shit too. Yeah, right? they also like, decided to they they be like, yeah, Maria is gone. Yeah, they also had to do The Emperor Had No Clothes. Like, no one gave a full bodied 
kind of like retrospective of even like, you know what? I was a massive Maria Sharapova fan. She was inspiring to me as a player after the doping suspension. You know, I had some pause in my own mind about blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I came around to, eh. Do you know what I mean? Like even that- at the very least, we all are here working our ass off, working really hard. And this chick showed up and stole so much from all of us for nearly a decade. Well, I mean, politically, no one's going to say that, right? Because the, 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 the leadership from the top doesn't give them permission to do that. If they're not going to admit that she had an, she, she had an egregious out, um, out moment, then you're not going to, you know, then you're just going to be the negative Nelly who says that. But I mean, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I like, like I've said in other places, I think that the whole span of her career I mean, Reels, you said it best. It started immediately. So really, in some sense, her cleanest year is 2004 and everything that precedes it. And um, and and then, and that's tricky. And, you know, I think one of the ways that people defend it is like, listen, lots of people are taking things now that will be eventually become illegal. But I think Janina's point cuts at the heart of everything, which is that then it will be listed on a paper. <laughs> you would have. If you thought there was no issue, yeah. you would put it on a piece of paper. And for everyone who's talking about legal doping with TIU, it means the system has a, a procedure, means for that a means for you to do what you want to be calling legal doping. Which and is she, true. And yeah. she didn't even take that option for the, 10 she didn't even take years. <laughs> for 10 years. I mean, she didn't take and that option. And they told her this. They told her this. <laughs> even when they said that they were testing it, and she got that email the year before. She didn't even put it on a piece of paper. And they always knew she was doing it. And, and mind you, the whole of Russia was doing it too. So this, she was no exception here. Everyone else just got the memo. She thought, this is why, this is why I knew she didn't miss the memo. She just thought she would have got away with it. But anyway, Janina got to go. And I know we had a segment put for Andreen telling us all about Dubai. No, no, not at all. But I mean, but Andrine one more thing, though. Really... One huh? more. Okay. Kimmy. Kimmy. Welcome back, oh. Kimmy Kleisters. We can't we can't forget that. She may not be she may not be here when we come back again. Who knows? <laughs> why, why I hire Andreen because she says the things that I don't want to say. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all Three sentences to say your Kimmy moment. Kimmy's back. Janina, I'm le- starting with you. Reels, prepare yourself because I know you need to self-edit. <laughs> For that, I'm going to go first. Listen. I got nothing to say. I got nothing. <laughs> I honestly don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. I, I never hated Kim. I never loved her. I actually enjoy her games. I felt like um, I felt like she could have, uh, if she would have been here, stayed here, not left, come back, left, come back, had a much bigger impact at the top of the tour than she already did. Um, that's not going to happen now. I mean, that's just science and time isn't on her side right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, good for you. Good for you for coming back. I wish you the best, but I don't. I don't really care. Reels. I look. I hope she loses every single match that she plays. <laughs> and that is why reels is called reels. 
Look, Andrine. You, can, you can't just be showing up to work when you feel like or when you think it's convenient and try to fucking run the show. No, no, no. We put Chris a wants car, you listen, to suffer through all mm-mm, of it. Mm-mm, listen to me. Too many people out here playing the journey woman, straggling around toe, taking all the hits of when they got low performance. For this girl to just show up as Johnny come lately for all the praise and accolade? Uh-uh, no girl. And all these mm-hmm. wild cards we're giving out to her for free? No, no. Give this shit to Taylor Townsend. Give it to these little girls who are trying to make some coins. Okay? Give it to these young ladies out here trying to struggle. Kim must show up here and get first prize money, first round money, and not even play a qualifier? Fuck no. Bye, girl. Bye, girl. Fly, girl. <laughs> Right, Andy, any girl, any girl oh who lets him beat him, gives mean... him the first W, is on my shit list forever. That includes <laughs> you, Venus Williams. Don't you let know, it happen, girl. Don't let that happen. You know, I'm one of those people that hates a long, protracted goodbye, and I don't like the I don't like the tournament feeling like a plaything. So my thing about Kim is come back, but I do do it do it the way everybody else is doing it. No wild cards. Get up in there. Do the qualifying, do what you need to do, and get yourself in this. That's it. Because I think the wild card makes it easier and makes you believe that your game is at a, at a level that it might not be. Do you know what I mean? You get up in there and you think like, but, at, and the other thing is, unfortunately, these wild cards are kind of a waste because she's losing early. And so at least maybe with a qualifying, you get to see her for a couple of rounds. Do you know, so maybe a wild card into qualifying instead of like a wild card into the, into the tournament directly. I would like to see more of that so that we can actually see what Kim is doing and Kim can actually probably get a better assessment of her game. You know, it's a little bit like with Sharapova, who Sharapova was like getting these wild cards into fairly competitive matches too soon. I and wish so, you the same luck as Maria there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, for the people who enjoy Kim, I don't know what she, um, I don't know if that sh- whatever she brought to the game is missing. Um, I think mommy vibes, but I feel like there are lots of mommies on tour. So. Too much, if you um, ask me. And we got daddies, too. We could open up fresh. Listen, you can't, you can't be anti-parent. Stop yourself. We could um, open up daycare center somewhere around. <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's either here nor there for me. What I, But I would like her not to get so many wild cards. I'd like her to like actually perform a little bit um, out on those courts and see what let other people see what she's got and let other people have at her and let her build her game up that way. I think she's thank you, Conta, and thank you, Mugaruta. <laughs> ole, ole, ole. Well, actually, Conta took that all the way, right? Conta's <laughs> like, this is renewed confidence. I guess I can get through this. Like, anyway. That's it from me. That's it from us. So and we will <laughs> next episode when it comes out, whenever, sometime later on. Um, we, Andrine, we will not forget that you went to Dubai and you saw Fee's oh. loss. And I know you're still reeling from that trauma, oh. but we're gonna just rip <laughs> we that bandaid off. We process Malfi's loss together and see exactly. what it means. We'll see how he handles Indian Wells if he shows up, and um, then we can talk about it all. Thank you all for making it such a nice and quick and easy. Easy, easy, easy and check-in before Indian Wells. Um, yes. If there will be an Indian Wells, because, you know. <laughs> I think there will be. There's too mm-hmm. much, too much, too much invested for there not to be. But you're Thank not going you. this year, right? I'm slated to be, um, but I, um, I'm going to, I'm probably going to abstain, I believe, because it is, um, it's probably not good for my health. 
if I'm just coming off of something. So. Yeah. Stay home, girl. Keep your <laughs> like ass at home, Andrew. Like Kim should be. Okay. Kim, take Andrew. I advice. might find Stay my home. I might find my way in Indian Wells because I have a friend there, but and I actually have to fly out of Indian Wells for an event, so that's kind of tricky. But we'll see. Um, but I I I really don't want to do anything that's going to be damaging to myself. So we'll see how I do it. Mm. Alrighty then, folks. So Janine is going to go off to be a mother since. Uh-huh. Andrew- she said that we can't be disrespectful to parents. So <laughs> we are a parent-friendly podcast. So thank you all for listening. This is podcast 171, and I will make sure that it goes up for on YouTube and the regular places. Good night, y'all. Night. A good day, a good morning, wherever you are. Bye. Bye.